You're listening to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience relationships and where you'll gain the guidance, knowledge, and practical tools to overcome insecurity and build healthy, thriving relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you five questions to ask to assess the emotional health of your relationship. So this is going to be diving into some of the hallmarks of emotional safety, emotional well-being, and we could say emotional green flags insofar as your connection with your partner is concerned. I think a really important thing to foreground at the outset is first that this topic is not intended for people who are in abusive situations or unsafe situations. If that is the situation you're in, I really encourage you to seek support. Um, That's not, you know, something that I can speak to in a podcast episode. It's not the scope of my work. Uh, So please take good care of yourself and be discerning if that's you. Outside of that situation, please know that if you fall on what we might call the wrong side of the line in terms of the questions that I'm going to pose to you today, meaning that you feel like you have a lot of room for improvement on the emotional health front, know that that doesn't mean that you are doomed, that your relationship is terminal, that you are in a toxic dynamic, any of those things that might feel stressful to realize. I would encourage you instead to take it as room for improvement, areas for growth, things to focus on cultivating because the unfortunate reality is many of us, dare I say most of us, without the knowledge and the tools, will have had experiences with these less than perfect emotional safety kind of situations as we'll get into shortly. So those are just some caveats at the outset. Before we dive into the episode, a couple of quick announcements. The first being I am still running a flash sale on my masterclasses and my higher love course. So that's 50% off. Uh, It is the biggest sale I've ever run. And there've been so many of you taking advantage of that. So thank you for those who've already signed up to one of my masterclasses or, or purchased the course. To give you a quick recap for anyone who's not familiar That includes my Better Boundaries Masterclass, my How to Navigate Anxious Avoidant Relationships Masterclass, my Sex and Attachment Masterclass, as well as my Higher Love course, which is a comprehensive full-length breakup course. So all of that will be linked in the show notes. I'll leave the sale up for another couple of days for anyone who's wanting to jump in. The other quick announcement is just to share the review of the week which is Stephanie presents attachment theory in a non-judgmental way, which has greatly helped me to understand my past reactions and relationships. I find the episodes insightful and relevant, and they've been helping me to reflect on my behavior. I look forward to each episode and I'm delighted that there will be two each week now. Thank you for providing this content, Stephanie. Thank you so much for your review. If that was your review, please send an email to podcast at stephanierig.com. And my team will set you up with free access to one of the masterclasses that I mentioned a moment ago. Okay, with that out of the way, let's dive into these five questions to assess the emotional health of your relationship. The first question is, do you feel safe and able to express how you're feeling, to set a boundary, to voice a need, or to give someone feedback without worrying that it's going to blow up or spiral into a fight? 
or that there will be some other adverse consequence. For example, that the relationship's going to end, that they're going to say they're going to leave, that they're going to say, oh, it's too much, let's not bother, anything like that. Do you have a level of safety in bringing to your partner whatever it is that you're feeling or needing without having that fear of adverse consequence. So this is obviously really important to the emotional health of a relationship to be able to have that container of whatever is within me. Of course, we don't need to give our partner the raw, unfiltered, high charge version of that, but being able to take what we're thinking and feeling to our partner to the extent that there's a conversation that needs to be had. I think this is really foundational because in the absence of this, if we don't have that safety, then, you know, what happens? We tend to internalize that, suppress it, get increasingly frustrated, resentful, hurt, lonely, and then usually it comes out sooner or later, but it might look more like a volcanic eruption than a regulated conversation. So when we have that kind of dynamic, it's really erodes the emotional health of the relationship and the sense of trust and safety there. Something I should say on this one is that sometimes that's anxiety driven on one side. So for anxiously attached people, for example, they may very much struggle to voice those things, not because it actually would blow up into a fight or that their partner would leave them, but there is so much fear and anxiety around being too much, around being a burden, around pushing people away. You know, a lot of that is kind of mindset stuff and wounding around those stories that it prevents them from ever trying, from ever actually putting that out there. Um, from sort of a hypothetical worst case scenario or fear. So I think it's important, and this probably goes for all of the questions we'll be talking about, to ask, is this a real thing relationally? Uh, or is this, you know, predominantly, or at least partly my own individual work to do? And it's probably going to be a combination of both. So irrespective of where it's coming from, if you don't feel like you can bring things to the relationship because you think there's going to be some sort of adverse consequence associated with that, that is really going to impede your emotional safety and connection with one another. Okay. The next question is, do you trust that when life gets challenging, you'll be able to tackle those challenges as a team? Or do things that are hard tend to divide you and turn you into enemies or competitors? So the kinds of things that I'm thinking in this question might be one of you loses your job unexpectedly, or, you know, you get a challenging health diagnosis, or you have to juggle caring for kids or aging parents or anything like that, you know, just the the vicissitudes of life, the things that do get in the way that do make life more stressful and unpredictable? Do those things tend to unite or divide you? If they unite you and turn you into a team, brilliant. That's a really good sign for your emotional health, safety, and connection in your relationship. If those things tend to divide you, then that's probably a good sign that when you do get stressed, your tendency is to feel Again, if we're going to talk about this through an attachment lens, on the anxious side, you probably feel 
emotionally abandoned in those moments, like you're not getting enough support from your partner. And on the avoidance side, you probably have stories around, I, when things get hard, my impulse, my instinct is to go it alone because that is what I know at my very core, that when things get hard, I turn a bit insular and I just try and tackle that on my own. So if that is your tendency overall in the relationship, that rather than coming together when things get hard, you tend to be divided and sort of in your own lanes, that's something to be aware of and maybe talk about saying, hey, I noticed that when things get hard, it really impacts our connectedness and our sense of collaboration in our relationship. Would you be open to working on that? What are some ways that we could be more supportive of one another when things get hard? rather than siloing ourselves and then feeling really alone because I think that that can be a really disconnective experience. Okay, the next question I want to offer you is when you have conflict, as all couples will, if you never have conflict, I would say that is more concerning to me than if you fight regularly. (laughs) Are you able to safely repair or do you tend to have a big fight and then run out of steam and then have some sort of half-assed band-aid apology and sweep it under the rug and then kick it down the road until you have the same fight again. Okay. Again, this is a really good example of most, maybe not most, a lot of couples do this. So if that's you, don't panic. Don't feel, oh my God, my relationship's terrible. What am I going to do? Should I break up with my partner? No, we can learn these things. This is skill-based. Okay. Uh, but it is really important and it's an important skill to learn if you want to have a healthy, secure, lasting relationship. So what does safe repair look like? I could do a whole podcast episode on that and I probably should, but it's things like, oh, okay, can we, can we hear each other in conflict? Can we engage with what the other person's saying? Can we validate their perspective even when their experience of the situation is different to ours? Can we negotiate and find a healthy middle ground that acknowledges and respects both of our perspectives and our needs in the situation? Are we able to substantively engage with the underlying issues that might have triggered a surface level rupture? So these sorts of conversations, are we able to actually stay in the discomfort of rupture and repair, or do we just tend to have these big explosive fights and then we kind of run out of steam and and don't do anything to actually solve or at least address the underlying concerns. Because I think, as I said, if we don't do that, we will continue to have the same fights. They might be triggered by different things. So one time it might be, oh, you're home late from work. And the next time it might be, oh, you didn't do the washing up or whatever, right? It might be the most mundane things and they might be different every time, but the underlying emotional complaint will be the same until you engage with and address that emotional complaint and its accompanying need. Okay. So the next question is on the whole, and that's an important introductory qualifier to this question. Do you feel loved, cared for, respected, and listened to in the relationship? So this is really foundational, right? To secure relationships, we all want to feel loved, seen, understood. I could add those in there, cared for, respected, listened to. 
that is really, really at the heart of healthy relationships, of secure relationships. The reason that on the whole is important is that you aren't going to feel all of those things in every moment of every day actively, you know, from your partner, okay? But when we can zoom out and go, what is the overall feeling tone of this relationship? Do I feel loved and cared for? Do I trust that my partner loves me, cares for me, respects me, and will listen to me, you know, sees me, understands me? Those really are such foundational needs as humans uh, that I think having that overall impression of your partner and your connection with them in the relationship is important. I think when we don't feel all of those things on balance, again, overall, then that's a sign that we either have some, some real work to do around that going, okay, what would I need to feel loved, cared for, respected, understood? What are the things that are preventing me from feeling that? And how can we take really, you know, actionable steps towards me feeling that? And, you know, if you're not feeling that, there's a good chance your partner's not feeling that either. Because these things, I think oftentimes when we're not feeling any of those things, we might be withholding that from our partner, from a place of self-protection. So, getting really honest with ourselves. And this is probably a harder question to, to be honest about depending on where you fall. And then if we are committed to the relationship and we do really want to work on the relationship, taking this one pretty seriously, because I think it's going to be hard to sustain a relationship in which you don't generally speaking, feel loved, cared for, understood, respected, listened to, etc. Okay. Last but not least, how does your nervous system feel in their company? You know, I love looking at and working with the nervous system and weaving that into an understanding of our emotional experience. So I think that when our nervous system feels at ease, feels safe, feels regulated in their company, that they are a natural co-regulator for us, meaning that our, our systems sort of soothe each other and are a signal of safety to one another's, that's a really good sign because, you know, our nervous system, our autonomic nervous system is subcortical, meaning it, it sits below our thinking brain, our prefrontal cortex. And so underneath all of the analysis and all of the thinking and overthinking and ruminating that we can do, there is this fundamental question of how does my nervous system perceive this person? Now, again, some of this will be historical, meaning if you have had difficult relationships in the past, if you have trauma, then there might be a lot of projection going on there. You might feel relationships broadly are unsafe and therefore your nervous system registers your partner as threatening or unsafe, even if that is not in fact the case. So the fact that your nervous system perceives your partner as threatening and you feel anxious or shut down in their company, that's not necessarily a sign that your partner is in fact dangerous. But I think, you know, it's a really good sign in terms of the emotional health of the relationship, if your nervous system feels at ease in their company. And if it doesn't, again, it's not terminal. There's absolutely things that you can do both individually and relationally to work on that. 
to provide more evidence of safety so that your nervous system can settle and that you can reap the rewards of that beautiful nourishing co-regulation that we all need. Okay, so that was five questions to assess the emotional health of your relationship. I hope that that's been helpful. I'll just quickly recap those. The first one was, do you feel safe in expressing how you're feeling, setting a boundary, voicing needs and giving feedback without worrying that it'll blow up into a fight? Do you trust that when life gets challenging and throws unexpected things your way, you'll be able to tackle that as a team or do those things usually divide you and turn you into enemies or competitors? When conflict does occur, are you able to safely repair or do you usually sweep things under the rug and put a Band-Aid on them until the next time you have the same fight? On the whole, do you feel loved, cared for, respected and listened to in the relationship? And does your nervous system feel at ease in their company? Okay, guys, I really hope that this has been helpful for you. As I said, don't despair if you feel like you've got some work to do based on those guiding questions. This is kind of the whole point of this work, right? That a lot of us do have work to do there and it is ongoing work, but it is really fruitful, worthwhile, rewarding work. And it is within reach for all of us if we're willing to put in the time and effort to make it so. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful as always, if you could leave a five-star rating, a review, if you're listening on Apple podcasts, it really does help so much in uh, supporting me to continue to grow the podcast. Otherwise, I will see you later this week for our Q&A episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love, and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here, and I hope to see you again soon.